I'm going to bring the Bible reading. It's from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. And Lynn has asked me to read from the authorised version. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 22. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being alien from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of petition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were far off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Lord, I pray that by the Holy Spirit we will receive what you're saying and also, Lord, that I will be able to speak what you give me to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're on Ezekiel 37. It does fit with the other reading that we had, and you'll see that. I didn't. Dis- I decided not to use... Um, PowerPoint, because I've done this before, but like the Lord, give me something else. (laughs) So even though the PowerPoint's on there, I told her to take it off. We've just got the words on there. So we start, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of of a valley that was full of bones. Imagine having that kind of a vision. You know, Elijah, uh, sorry, Ezekiel got carried away with this vision. At this time, the exile was on in Babylon. 
So we don't really know what he prayed, but the, the chapters on either side of it talk about things to come. And this, I think, is quite a profound vision that God showed him. And God caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the valley, in the open valley, and there were very dry, very many and very dry. You know, I always taught from this scripture that this was about just Israel. Because you know what I'm like about Israel. I always thought it was just about Israel. But it tells us in um, verse 11, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. And behold, they say, Our bones are dried and our hope is lost and we are cut off from our parts. Just like that fellow was before. He still is in some places, isn't he? (laughs) Cut off from his parts. Um, And I think it's where it says these bones are the whole house of Israel. The whole house of Israel. And it was like when I was reading it again, the Lord kind of pressed on that word whole the whole house of Israel. And I thought, what, what, what are you saying, Lord? Why is this coming to me so strongly? The whole house of Israel. And I believe that the whole house of Israel involves us, the church, because we've been grafted in to Israel. We are grafted in. Gentiles that come in Apart, well, I don't like to use the word Gentiles because that means people who are far away from God. So you're not, are you? You're nearing. So in the Bible, it talks about the Jews, the Gentiles, and the church of God. And you are the church of God. So you are being brought in to this vision. You are part of the whole house of Israel. I think that should really boost your confidence. I think it's, I love Israel, so if I'm part of it, yay, you know. And if we look at um, verse 16. Moreover, son of man, take one stick and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel and his companions. His companions. It might not be up there, I'm jumping, you see. Then take another stick and write upon it for Joseph the stick of Ephraim, for all the house of Israel and his companions. Who are the companions? That's the church. We are the companions. We've been grafted in. We've been brought in to be part of the house of Israel. And when um, Julie read in Ephesians, and at the beginning of Ephesians 2 it says, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You Hath he quickened. If you've come to Jesus and you know him as your, your saviour, it's through Jesus and through what he did for us, his death and resurrection, that we've been brought in. You hath he quickened who were once dead in trespasses and sins. And when Julie read from verse um, 11 of this chapter, um, it says, In times past you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by that which was called the circumcision. So the Jews didn't have any dealings with the Gentiles, but God wanted to do something new because Jesus' death was for everyone, not just for Israel. It was for everyone. 
And so the, the verses that um, Julie read so beautifully for us, um, in verse 12 of that reading, that in time, in, in time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants and the promises and having no hope without God in the world. That's how we were before we were brought in. Before through Jesus' death, we were brought in as part of the house of Israel. So now God is bringing a message of hope here to Ezekiel. Sometimes people feel like they're at rock bottom, don't they? They feel like, I don't know what I can do. I don't know how to cope with this situation. Well, this is a message of hope. This is God speaking to you saying, you know, I'm going to bring something fresh for you. I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to let you know that I love you. And make no bones about it, God is speaking. That's just my little joke. I'm not good at jokes, but that's just trying, you know. God is speaking. And God needs a man to speak through. This is why Ezekiel had his job, which Charles spoke about. What was his job? wasn't a plumber, no. He was a prophet. He was a prophet of God. And God gave him these words and he said are you listening to the sound are you listening it's God are you listening is God calling you is God wanting to speak through you to someone's situation you know is there something where people are are, are like so far away from God or so hurt or so feeling so destroyed in their emotions that they feel they can't come to church they feel they that they're not part of what God's doing. And this is saying that God is breathing. You see this chapter? It's far-reaching. It's his, it goes through history. If, if you look at the verses, verse 6, And I will lay sinews upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And this phrase, you shall live, In verse 5, you shall live over and over again. And then in verse 9, that they may live and that they lived. So it's over and over again through this reading. God's desire is for life to come to you. Life to come to your situation. Life to take you out of that feeling that you just dry bones. Excuse me. So God is calling, he's calling to us, are you listening? Are you listening to what God is saying to you? Are you listening? Not necessarily to me as the preacher this morning, but to the voice of God. Every day when you read your Bible, God is speaking. This book's a miracle book. There's no other book in the world like it. It talks. It comes alive. You know, I often wonder if it would be lovely if it was a pop-up book, you know, like the kids have. And they pop up and then they press a button and it talks. You know, have you seen them books? Um, Well, I often wonder. Wouldn't it be lovely if the Bible was like that? And it was a pop-up book and it came to life and we press the button and it talked. Because God is wanting to put his word in you. His word is the only thing that will meet any situation his word, not a hymn. We might like hymns, we might say them, we might like the poetry of them. 
But his word is what changes our life. His word is what ministers into us when we read it and brings life. And that Ephesians chapter, you know, you want to read it. It's so good, chapter 2. I was reading it the other day and I was crying all over the place. And I thought, oh, Lord, you're so good. Give me such joy. And this, as the dry bones were in verse 3, and he said, Son of man, can these bones live? And he answered, I like this, O Lord, thou knowest. Does God ever ask you any questions? Do you think you know the answer? I think this answer is brilliant. O Lord, thou knowest. It's the, the bones were almost dust, you know, at this point. They were almost, you know, skeletons take a long time to disintegrate, don't they? But they were almost dust at this time. That kind of death. It's uh, very dry. In the, in the Hebrew language, this verse says very dry. Yeshvot meod. Yeshvot is dry and meod is a lot. Very dry. Can you see? The Hebrew language is fantastic. And I see, I see Ezekiel at this point, and I feel as if God is saying, Ezekiel, all is not lost. There's still hope for the nation. Ezekiel must have been praying for the nation. And God says, all is not lost. And I kind of had this, I brought this with me today, because I kind of felt, I just wanted to get your imagination going. I don't think, I don't know if Ezekiel had one of these, but I can kind of see him wrapped in it, you know. And God speaking to him, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Oh Lord, thou knowest. Just get the sense of it, you know. I love this. And there, they were very dry, almost dust. And there were very many, very many. Imagine walking up that valley and he's there before God. And God caught him up in this vision and he's saying, Lord, thou knowest. Ah, how many of us can say that to God when we have a situation in our lives that we don't know how to deal with? It's a very dry situation. It's almost dust. And we come before God and say, Lord, thou knowest. You know what to do. And what did God do? He said, Ezekiel, you speak and I will breathe. And this is how the Holy Spirit works. You speak and I will breathe. You know, if you've got a situation, just leaving the situation alone and sitting there and saying, Oh God, do something about this for me. Oh God, do something about this for me. You want, there's nothing to be done. You've got to move into it. You've got to start to speak. You've got to start to do something. Yeah, like the little boy who brought his dinner to Jesus. You know, and Jesus fed the 5,000 or our 4,000, 5,000, I'm not sure. However many people were there from that little dinner. God needed something to work with. And when you're asking God to move for you in your situation, it might be financial, it might be a job, I don't know. But God needs something. He needed you to give him something to work with. And from that something, they works a miracle and expands it. So whatever your need is today, just take a little time to think, what can I give God to help me with this, to start to work with this? And you have to do stuff too. 
And, and I, lo- I love this with Ezekiel because it's God's word and it's moving through time. It's, you know, the nation of Israel is still coming alive. There's still issues with it, you know. It's not there yet. And maybe there's something in your life and you see it and you think, dear Lord, when will this thing change? But sometimes it takes time. But God is working all the time. Through time, he's working all the time. And he's bringing life and hope to those situations. God brings hope and he brings life. So, it's God who is speaking and he's using the breath. God's breath is kodesh ruach in Hebrew. Ruach is breath. Wind. When you go out and the wind blows on you. Ruach. Ruach. Yeah? But when it's God breathing and it's God speaking, it's holy wind. Holy breath. Holy words. Anointed words. And he's using Ezekiel's voice to bring his breath through him. Uh, you know, when we, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we're receiving the breath of God. The Holy Spirit was the one who hovered over the earth when it was in a mess. It tells us that the Holy Spirit hovered. And you'll find the Holy Spirit all through the scriptures, hovering and creating and doing something new. And if you need something new in your life, if you need God to create something new, then ask him to breathe on that situation. Ask him to give you a word to bring, to breathe on that situation. And God's breath works. It works. It works. It continues to give life. It continues to give life. I'm saying it over and over again so you'll get it. It's powerful. The breath of God. And when God speaks a word, it keeps creating until it is fulfilled. So here is Ezekiel's getting a word and prophesying and commanding the bones. Verse 7, I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together, bone to its bone. What a noise he must have heard. You know the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit's doing something, it's noisy. When the Holy Spirit was going over the face of the earth and God said, let there be light, and it started to bring the earth back into some sort of order from what it was. There was a word used there in Hebrew for the hovering of the Holy Spirit, and the word is merachafet. Merachafet. Now, I'll tell you how you can imagine this noise that was happening with the bones. Merachafet. In Hebrew today, in modern Hebrew, when Eliezer ben Yehuda was looking for a word for um, hovercraft and for train, he took this word, merakafet. Rakhev is train, and rakafet is a hovercraft. Think of the noise as a train. Think of the noise. And hear this word in Hebrew. The noise of the bones coming together. There was a noise, shaking And the bones came together, bone to its bone. Can you imagine that? As if you're there. You're all looking at me as if I've gone daft. But anyway, might have, eh? So, God did this 
with his breath and brought life. And he brings life. And you know, if we look in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, and my Bible's falling to pieces here, so I've got to be very careful with it. Chapter 2. And verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. There's the dust. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. The breath of God. The breath of God brings life always. Ruach HaKodesh always brings life. And there he is blowing up Adam's nose bringing life. See, the main thing that I want to get over to you this morning is that if we have a need, God's breath can change it. God's word can change it. Is This word is, every time you read it, you see something different, don't you? Have you ever gone back to an old scripture that you really love? And when you read it, you think, oh, I never saw that before. And this was like this with me when I saw this whole house of Israel thing. I'm thinking, Lord, what are you telling me? He said, whole house, the whole house. I'm breathing on the whole house. God's breath is on the church too. And God wants to do something through churches all over this land. I believe that is already at work. And his word is already working for us. God's word will come and you shall live every time God breathes. Life is coming. Yeah? The bones come together, bone to its bone. What's your job in the church? What are you doing in the church? I said out there to Beryl, I said, she said, well, I never really did much preaching, except it was the ladies' meeting, Beryl said to me. But look at all the work she does. You know, we could do with a few of you, Beryl. You know, more more like you. And I said to her, all I do is preach, because that's my gift. <laughs> so use your imagination to think about these bones, the noise that the Holy Spirit brings. On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came and there was a noise. The disciples got flames on the head, And they spoke loudly. They spoke other languages loudly as the Spirit gave them utterance. So these sticks are coming together. And these sticks are for the house of Ephraim and for the the Jewish people. And it says in verse 17, Join them to one another, one stick, and they shall, shall... Sorry, one another into one stick and they shall become one in your hand. You see, the bones were coming together and God wants us to come together. He wants to cause the church to live. He wants to breathe upon our life. He wants to bring the Holy Spirit into our situation. He wants to help you. Yeah? I've got, uh, this is Hebrew, this is the verse I just read from Merachafet. There's the word, Merachafet. In the beginning, the Holy Spirit, Merachafet, over the waters, and it was noisy. 
And in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came on the early church, it was noisy. We're fairly quiet, aren't we? But when we were singing that song, there's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. I can't sing. But anyway, we were noisy, weren't we? And I thought, yeah, we're coming to life. We're noisy. The Holy Spirit's working through us. The gifts of the Spirit are noisy. That's not my purpose in preaching today. I'm not talking about the gifts of the Spirit, though I would love to. But the gifts of the Spirit are noisy. You know, so when we come in church, let's enter into the worship, the praise. You know, these guys, they come every Thursday and practice. I know they have a nice time together, but they come every Thursday and practice. And the worship's always brilliant. And little Noah on the drums. Ooh, wasn't he good this morning? You know, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful that we can make a noise? The children can make a noise. I love the kids. I love to have the kids in church. I think one of the things I miss about Richard was he didn't mind the children. He loved the children. And let's hope whoever we get next will love the children as much. Because we've got great kids, you know. And God's working in this church. His spirit's breathing. His spirit's hovering. And he wants us. He wants us to be part of what he's doing in the world. Ruach HaKodesh. Thus saith the Lord unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. I prophesied and there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. The stages that God was moving on Israel, you know, even before the First World War, there was a movement to bring Israel back to the land. As time went on, Theodore Herzl, Eliezer Ben Yehuda were the main movers in Shakers. Theodore Herzl called the Jewish people to bring finance to cause that nation to come. But they were not alive yet. He was still prophesying and commanded, (coughs) as I was prophesied, there came a noise. Sorry. And then he said to me, verse 9, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. That nation came back. God was working. Fantastic. And he's still working. He's still working today. He's still bringing life. He's still breathing on that nation. And he's breathing on the church. And he's breathing on you if you'll let him. If you come to his word, if you'll let him. He's breathing on you. These bones are the whole house of Israel. That includes us. That's if we know Jesus, we're part of it. Through his death and resurrection, we were brought in as part of the whole house of Israel. Thank you.